happy to be here this morning, everybody. I am so happy to be here this morning. And at college at the moment, we're doing a preaching unit. And as part of that, I've had to write a, what's called a textual sermon. So today's sermon is, there's different forms of sermon according to what I'm taught at college. And so today's sermon is a textual sermon, at least I hope it's a textual sermon. Anyway, before I start, let's pray. Dear Jesus, I pray that you will speak through me and what I say will be applicable to all the lives that are here this morning. In your wonderful name, Lord, I pray. Amen. Fear. Who here has something that scares them to no end? You do? What's, what's your fear? I didn't think you'd ask me. You didn't think you'd ask me? What's your fear? Tell me later. <laughs> I have always had a couple of fears. When I was a young boy, I had a couple of irrational fears. One was that there were monsters in the cupboard, or bears in the cupboard, and my dad soon solved that one with some monster spray into the cupboard, and that, that was that. I think that was about the end of that one. But I've always had a couple of irrational fears. And when I was about... It would have been seven or eight, Finding Nemo came out. The greatest movie of my generation. And I watched Finding Nemo to no end. I absolutely loved that movie. I think I probably bored my mum to death with the movie, but it was an, it's an awesome movie. But there's one thing in that movie, or there's two things in that movie, I'll correct you, that are scary. Bruce the shark, he's scary, and the drop-off. So my family, my extended family, there's a lot of us, we love holidays. And for, I think, would have been our first major family holiday, all about 20 of us at that point, I think it would have been, all went over to Fiji. We're on Denaro Island, we were staying in a resort, but we took a day trip out to an island called Mala Mala Island. And this island is surrounded by reefs and it's beautiful, it takes you 10 minutes to walk around the entire island, absolutely idyllic location. And so I got to go snorkelling. This was, I would consider, my first time snorkelling that I can probably remember other than swimming around in your backyard pools. And it was all going well. I was looking at the reef. I knew my dad was right there in case I had an issue. Kept on swimming, looking at all the fish. Absolutely beautiful. And I got lost in that world. Until the reef disappeared from in front of me. And all I could see was deep, dark blue. It wasn't a normal blue. It was not the blue of my sermon notes. It was a darker blue than this. And I freaked out. I knew my dad was there, so I immediately latched onto his arm and got him to pull me back over the reef. Was I in real danger? 
Probably not, but I felt like I was. This experience reminds me of a story from the Bible. Peter was one of Jesus' most loyal disciples. And we can find out a bit about him if we turn to Matthew 14. We find a story of how fear plays on the mind of Peter, ultimately resulting in him taking his eyes off Jesus. So let's turn to Matthew 14. In your pew Bibles, it is page 685. You'll see a little 14 in the bottom, bottom corner of the page, and we're going to start in verse 22. I'll give you guys a little bit of context. Jesus, just here, has just performed one of his most powerful miracles. He just fed the 5,000. The 5,000 people, it was more like 15,000 people that many, many scholars suggest. And the disciples had just witnessed this man feed a lot of people. And so in verse 22, we, find, we, we see, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was alone. And the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves and the wind that was against it. So Jesus here had just sent his apostles off onto the Sea of Galilee. He'd sent them off, and they, for some reason, didn't question whether he could get back onto the boat later on. But Jesus went off all by himself to pray. This presents an image that I find a little bit funny. Jesus' disciples are in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, buffeted by waves and wind, whilst Jesus was in peace alone. Jesus was communicating with his Father right here. Yet we, we sometimes struggle to pray directly, directly to Jesus, directly to God. But Jesus' disciples showed a great amount of trust just to leave him there. Yet they underestimated the power of Jesus. If we go back to the text and we continue reading in verse 25, remember the disciples are in the middle of a storm here. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. It is I. Don't be afraid. 
Right here, we see the disciples massively underestimate the power of Jesus. Remember, they just witnessed that same day Jesus feed the 5,000. They just witnessed it. We could laugh at them for believing in ghosts, but to them in that moment, how could a man walk on water? What else could it be? The important thing is that we see that we find it that they come to realize that it is Jesus. When Jesus says, It is I, don't be afraid. As Christians, Right here, we know that Jesus can defeat anything that stands against us from what we read in the Bible. But the fact that Jesus had come to the disciples should have immediately quelled any fears that they had. Should have. That's the operative word there. Jesus knew the fear they had for for their lives and the danger that they were in. Have any of you guys ever been on a boat in a storm? A few of you have. I personally have only been in a little bit of wind on a speedboat, but my my pa tells a story of when he was a kid in Papua New Guinea. His grandpa was driving a boat and they were trying to get him to the mouth of a river. And that river has uh, mudflats, I believe, I believe, at the entrance. And basically the waves were standing waves. And my pa tells a story that my great-grandpa ushered everyone inside and tried to get through this mouth of the river and was buffeted around My pa tells a story that the mast was almost touching the water at one point. In that situation, I'd probably be seasick over, or not over, I probably would be over the edge of the boat, not on the boat anymore, but I would be very seasick. I know that my mum gets seasick. No, you don't, Gina does. Gina, my, my auntie, she gets seasick, and she experienced that, getting seasick on those, on that river. But Jesus knew the fear they had for their lives in this scenario. They were on a small boat, and it was getting pummeled by waves and wind. He walked out to them and said, It is I. Don't be afraid. This is when I am reminded that Jesus can bring me through my storm. Jesus can bring me directly through my storm. Jesus knew the storm that the disciples were in and brought them through. And he can bring us through our storm. Jesus Jesus doesn't want us to stay in our storm. He doesn't want us to stay in the things that we're doing in our lives that are holding us back. He wants to reach out to us and bring us through. Just as I grabbed into my dad's arms going... Help, help. He wants us to reach out to him. Jesus calls us to imitate and learn from him. This is 
one of my favourite parts of the Bible. We're going to read in verse 28. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come and join you on the water. Peter was willing to jump out at the boat. I don't know whether Peter could have swum very well, but I don't think anyone can swim very well in a storm like that. He was willing to jump out of the boat. Verse 29, Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, remember, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, this is a key point I want you guys to latch on to. When he began to sink, he said, Lord, save me. Even after he had taken his eyes off Jesus, his first thought was, Lord, save me. And we continue reading in verse 31. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. When they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Jesus calls us to imitate and learn from him. That is exactly what Peter did. Our faith is feeble, yet the faith that we have is mighty. Peter doesn't hesitate to step out on the water and imitate Jesus, but Peter only begins to sink into the water when he notices what? The wind. When he notices his situation, he begins to sink into the water. Yet, as I said, Peter still cried out for God as soon as he realised he was in trouble. He went, Lord, save me. And Jesus reached out his hand, lifted him up. In my mind, he placed him back on top of the water and they walked together. Peter wasn't dragged back to the boat. He walked together back to the boat and the storm died down. Our Father wants to walk with us. He wants to grab us in our storm, pull us out of the water, and walk with us through the storm back to safety, back to the boat, back to the Father's arms. A relationship with Jesus is a fertilizer for our faith. Peter, he failed here, but he fails multiple times throughout the Bible. He would go on to deny his father, the person who walked with him on water, three 
times. Peter wasn't without his failings. Peter was known for his failings. That's what we talk about him. That's what we talk about him. We mention his failings. He wasn't perfect, but a relationship with Jesus is a fertilizer for our faith. But having a relationship with Jesus, we are allowing ourselves to be teachable, to learn, to grow, to be molded and to be changed. In verse 32, we see that Jesus calms the storm in our lives. No matter what's going on in your life, Jesus wants to pick you up. It's never going to be easy. Being a Christian isn't easy. But that is part and parcel of what we are, what we do. We follow Jesus, not because it's the easy thing. It's easy to trust in Jesus, but it's hard to keep on trusting. Jesus isn't going to calm our paths, calm our storms before we reach them. Part of the reason that we have struggles and we have storms like Peter experienced is to grow. Jesus could have made the water nice and hard, Nice and solid and Peter would have had no issues and could have danced around on the water and jumped up and down and done all sorts of things on the water. But Jesus only made the water hard, only made it able to be walked on when Peter was in direct connection with him. When Peter had his eyes on the Father, Peter could walk on water. Jesus is interested in you. I'm going to say that again. Jesus is interested in you. We often feel like we are uninteresting. I don't do much. I, I haven't got this powerful testimony. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not able to, to do this, to do that. I don't want to do this. We are often unteachable. But Jesus calls us, I'm going to say it again, Jesus calls us to follow him because he's interested in you. Jesus wants you to make time for him. That's hard. We're all busy. A lot of us would rather try and get a college assignment done for me or maybe watch some TV shows, make some time for some fun things in my life. A lot of us fail to make time for Jesus. I often fail at that myself. I get caught up in college, get caught up in Greek, get caught up in trying to learn lots of things. And I get to the end of the week and I go, so where was Jesus in that? But Jesus is there He's interested in what I'm doing, but I'm not making the time for him. He wants to be by your side, but here's the key thing. 
we have to allow him into our lives before before we can walk on water. Fear is something that is natural for humans. I'm not saying we're going to go out and be superhuman and, and not fear. I mean, I, I had another fear that there was a shark under my bed, and mum solved that with shark spray, but... Fear is something that is part of our lives. It's natural for us as humans ever since sin. However, when we feel fear, we must do as Peter did and first look to Jesus. First look to Jesus and say, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. This is something that many of us fail at. We'd rather go out and conquer things all by ourselves. I'm strong. I can deal with this. I don't, I don't need to pray. I don't need to talk to Jesus. I, I, I can do all this myself. But that is when we fail And we don't just fail, we fail horribly. We fail, Jesus is okay with us failing, but sometimes we fail horribly. And that is when we have rejected our Father. That is when we have forgotten to say, Lord, save me. As Peter stepped out of the boat, he put one foot in front of the other, began stepping out with his eyes locked on Jesus. He walked further into the wind. In my mind, he had to lean into the wind to walk on the water. The wind lashed at his face. And the moment that he was distracted, he sank. The moment he was distracted... He sank and was afraid for his life. As he began to sink into the sea, I reckon his thought process was, he questioned Jesus first, and then he went, no, Lord, save me. He reached out his arm, and Jesus lifted him up onto the water. Today, Jesus wants to save you. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But today Jesus wants to save you. In fact, he saved you on Calvary. But all that you have to do is accept him, reach out your arm, and say, Lord, save me. So I ask you today, Are you reaching out your arm for your saviour? When things go wrong, are you reaching out your arm and saying, Lord, save me? I want you to take a moment now and think about that. Are you? Are you reaching out your arm? Are you allowing Jesus into your life? Are you allowing him to help you through your storm?
I don't know what's going on in your life. But Jesus is interested in your life. I'm telling you. So this morning, as I begin to finish up, I want you to think. Are you reaching out your arm? Are you saying, Lord, save me? I want you to think about that as we sing the, sing the next song in closing. And when I pray my benediction, I'm going to pause for a minute, not for a minute, for a moment in my benediction. And in that moment, I want you to have a little conversation in your head with God. I want you to say, Lord, save me. Because he's interested in you. As we stand here this morning, as we pray, I want, when I want to pause, I want you to say, Lord, save me, if that's on your heart. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I am so thankful that you are interested in us. Lord, as we stand here, I'm going to pause and I want I want these people to have a conversation with you and say, Lord, save me. Let's pause, Lord. Jesus, I thank you for all of these people that are here today, that you love them and you're with them no matter their storm. In your wonderful name, Lord, I pray. Amen. And there's lunch on this morning, and so... I invite you to, to go to, to enjoy lunch and to hang out and chat and fellowship.